Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves. We want to see you at our Hold Fast A Day in the Word conferences happening across Canada in 2020. There will be one in Halifax on June 5th through 6th, one in Calgary November 6th through 7th, and one in Winnipeg on November 13th through 14th. Visit our website at www.presetministries.ca to get more details and register now. Do you want to know how to better study God's Word? Come participate in one of our workshops happening all across Canada. Visit our website for more details. Also head over to our website if you're interested in hosting some of the training that Preset Ministries offers. Are you interested in partnering with us in engaging people in relationship with God through monthly giving? Then be a part of our e-team. You can visit our website for more details at www.presetministries.ca. Please be aware that due to COVID-19, all of our workshops and events will be postponed until April 20th. Stay tuned to our social media, email, and website about online training and online classes. Call the office for more details anytime. Now, stay tuned for Unlocking the Truth in our discussion on the book of Hebrews. Hello, everyone. This is Mark Sheldrake here, and this is Unlocking the Truth podcast. Another week in the book of Hebrews. This is our second last week before we wrap up the book of Hebrews. Hope you'll join us uh, for our next series with uh, Nathan Randall, who's on staff with us. We'll be looking at what is the problem with evil? Why does God allow suffering? That'll be a four-week uh, series that we'll do together. I'm looking forward to that as well, but also uh, pretty excited for what the Lord is doing right now through Precept Ministries. Uh, we've got free training workshops being offered all the way across the country, and I just came back from British Columbia, uh, spent a number of days in Langley as well as Salmon Arm and Blind Bay, and the classrooms were filled with people excited to uh, study God's Word. Old Testament history and prophecy, uh, essentials of inductive Bible study. So I want to encourage you uh, that as we are uh, going across this country with free training, that you take advantage of that and get registered in a workshop that's coming near you. You can find out all the information about that at preceptministries.ca. Uh, let me pray, and then let's dig into Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 to 29. Father, we do thank you for the time that you give us and the technology that we have to be able to uh, bring the book of Hebrews uh, through Precept Canada and the podcast. Father, I pray for each and every person who is out there listening to this podcast on a regular basis. I pray that you are um, giving them a great hunger to study your word, to dig deeper into uh, the scriptures, uh, that they, their lives would be transformed by um, what uh, they are learning as they study and dig in and engage in relationship with you through knowing your word. So, Father, we give you this time now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So here I am uh, in the midst of recording this. We've got some serious uh, things happening in Canada right now, don't we? We've got 
the coronavirus that is uh, certainly causing quite um, the panic and changes within our country here in Ontario just announced that all schools will be closed for three weeks, so kids now get uh, a three-week March break. At Precept, just if you were wondering, we are obviously closely monitoring everything that's going on and making every effort we possibly can uh, to ensure that, one, uh, our workshops can go forward, and if they can go forward, that... Um, uh, all the precautions are put in place with uh, hand cleaning stations as well as not sharing from food and making sure people are well spaced out. Uh, when we feel working with churches that we cannot run the workshop as it is, we will be postponing those workshops uh, to a later date. Obviously, we're also very um, concerned and keeping an eye on things for our conferences that are coming up with the hold fast. But it looks like what we've got here is if we take all of the right steps now to uh, stay out of large meeting groups and do what we can to um, ensure that we don't go places when we're sick, that we can uh, curtail this uh, in a quicker fashion than some of the other locations that we're hearing about, like Italy. Uh, which is quite a dramatic thing that's happening in Italy with the number of people that are quarantined. Our staff are taking all their measures as well. If they're sick, work from home or stay at home and don't come into the building. So uh, just to put you at ease, we know that God is in charge. God is sovereign over all things. He knows about this virus. He knows um, the outcome of it. And uh, he is the one that we should be looking to in uh, relying on uh, for um, uh, understanding and how he's interacting with his creation at this point. Uh, the Bible we know is very clear. And you know what it says in the book of James? I don't know if you've seen this traveling around on social media. It says, wash your hands. So, hey, wash your hands, folks. Keep yourselves protected and, and be careful. And if you're not feeling well, don't go out. But here we've got Hebrews uh, chapter 18, uh, for, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 to 29. And it's the most interesting thing that we're going to come up uh, to this week is we're going to have this comparison of two different mountains. We've got uh, the mountain that will be discussed, but we've also got Mount Zion. And what's really interesting about this is uh, when we look at the comparisons of those two mountains in a few minutes, uh, you will also want to look at the reaction of the people uh, when it comes to uh, the discussion of these two mountains. But I wanted to start with I want to start with the um, some of the exhortations that have come through, uh, the book of Hebrews from the very beginning. And uh, looking at the previous passages, uh, always to see what has the author told us uh, about um, kind of the, hey, pay attention to this. So in uh, we've seen kind of the statements, pay close attention. Jesus is speaking. We've also seen the idea of don't drift away from the truth. Enter into the Lord's rest. We've also seen um, 
don't, uh, we've also seen endure and don't turn away. And now in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 to 29, in verse 25, we're going to see another statement that says, See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for it is those that did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less we will escape those who turn away. The commands through the entire book of Hebrews are clear. Pay close attention to what the Lord is saying. Uh, enter into his rest. Uh, be assured of where you are. Yeah, in the book of Peter, it says, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing uh, you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior will abundantly be supplied to you. It's the same message that's in Second Peter that's coming through all of Hebrews. Uh, don't refuse him. Don't turn away. Don't drift away. Uh, pay close attention. All of these things are so that we are abundantly sure that we will enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, don't fall. Don't, you know, walk away. All of those things. Be assured of your salvation. And so let's walk through Hebrews um, chapter 12, verses 18 and 19. It says, For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and to a blazing fire, and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind, and to a blast of a trumpet, and the sound of words which sound was such as those that were heard uh, begged that no further word be spoken to them. For they could not bear the command, if even a beast touches the mountain, it will be, be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. What the author is doing here is he is pointing back to the, the book of Exodus. And so he's pointing back to Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 to 25. We know that in Exodus 19, 1 to 25, this is when Moses climbs up Mount Sinai and that God gives Moses the law. He gives him all of the commandments that the Israelites are to uh, obey. And so what you've got here is uh, think back to what happened during that time. Uh, the mountain was quaking with the set, with the presence of God on top of it. There was a cloud over it, lightning and thunder. Uh, when the Israelites saw what was happening at the mountain, uh, they were in great fear over what was happening. Uh, they even told Moses that they'd they'd rather hear from Moses then they would would want to hear the voice of God because they were so afraid. And in, what the author's doing is he's pointing back with the old covenant here, and he's saying, look at what life was like under the old covenant at the old uh, at the mountain. Uh, you can't touch that mountain. You can't come near that mountain. If you touch it, you will die. And so everything about uh, the law was living in fear. It was living in fear of what would happen to me if I broke the law. Well, you could join one of our online classes who 
uh, as they've been working through uh, the first five books of the Old Testament. And you could see uh, what came along with obedience to the law. If you didn't obey it, you would die. There were so many things that were, were going on. If you broke that covenant with God, you would die. And what the Israelites did was they said with the law, we're going to obey everything that was commanded. And they took blood and they put it on the tablets. They put it on themselves and they made a covenant and said, we will obey what is happening. But what has what we do know is through that old covenant that they weren't able to keep the law. They broke the covenant and now face judgment because of that covenant. Look what he says here. Um, you, you know, you can't go near it. Darkness and gloom and whirlwind were there. The blast of the trumpet sound. The word was such that those who had heard the voice of God, they begged that no further word be spoken. Uh, living in complete fear. It was very interesting. Uh, while I was out in British Columbia, I was having some conversations with some individuals about um, the whole topic that comes up in Hebrews chapter 6, which we've covered, which is, you know, can we uh, lose our salvation? And so we know that this is a great topic amongst individuals. We know that different denominations and different churches teach different things regarding uh, whether you can lose your salvation or not. But the one question that I asked about losing your salvation was, what is it like to live in fear? What is it like to live in fear of losing something for every potential action that you take? And you see, that's what happens when you live under the law. You're afraid that if you don't do everything as perfectly as the law commands, that you will lose something, that you will be judged for it, that you will die for it. This is what was happening at that mountain. There was great fear and trembling at the very voice of God. Don't touch the mountain or you will die. Don't come close to the mountain or you will die. And that point was, can you imagine the Israelites saying to Moses, Moses, we'd rather hear from you than we would from God. Because his voice is pretty scary. Now, if you think to what we're going on and what's going on in our culture right now, uh, there is so much fear and panic over the coronavirus that, hey, we might catch that. And what will be the result of catching that uh, will be, uh, it could be catastrophic. We're seeing um, in Italy, for example, the number of people and the number of deaths that are happening because of the coronavirus and actions that have not been taken. So here in Canada, what are we doing? We're being diligent to uh, take things and put them into uh, precautionary actions before uh, it gets out of hand and the medical system cannot handle uh, what's going on. I can't imagine being doctors, and this is what I've heard is happening in Italy, even doctors who have the virus are being told they need to work to be able to deal with the toll on the medical system. Uh, there's doctors that are having to choose between which patients receive oxygen and which patients are left to suffer and eventually pass away from it. Can you imagine living in the fear of that? 
look what's happening in local uh, grocery stores and Costco's. There is so much panic going on and so much worry and fear that is going on uh, with this virus that people are purchasing all of the toilet paper and the hand sanitizers and the cleaning products. I saw on in the Toronto newspaper just yesterday that there is uh, men and women going out and buying all of the cleaning products and then reselling them at a massive profit on Amazon because of the panic that's created. Now look back to what's going on uh, in those first few verses of Hebrews. Uh, chapter uh, 12, 18 to 21. This is what it's like. It's so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am fear and trembling. Standing in the presence of God, knowing that you are going to face judgment for the way that you lived and behaved, let me tell you, is a lot more, a lot worse than anything would be uh, that could come of this virus. I mean, this is... uh, I'm thinking about the book of Amos and how in Amos, uh, God tells the Israelites, because of your behavior, because of your inaction in repentance, because of the things that you have done and led the people astray, prepare to meet your God. Uh, This is what happens when we uh, are disobedient under the law. Now, verse 22, it brings about this great word, and I love to see this word uh, in the scriptures. It's the word but, because it creates a contrast for us. And the word but and the contrast is he talks about Mount Zion. And he says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and the myriads of angels, to the general assembly and to the church of the firstborn who was enrolled in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the sprinkled blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. So uh, what we should do as good inductive students is we should list out Uh, what the Bible is telling us about Mount Zion. And the first thing is, it tells us that it is the city of the living God. Uh, It's the heavenly Jerusalem. There are myriads of angels in this, uh, at Mount Zion. Uh, Then he addresses the general assembly of the church of the firstborn that are enrolled in heaven. He tells us that this um, mountain, it cannot be shaken. It will not, uh, it will remain, unlike the earth that we have that will, as Peter uh, says, and we'll look at that passage in a minute, that uh, everything is being burned up and uh, destroyed. And so, 
uh, we want to kind of walk through this. And the Mount Zion that we're referring to in the passage here is heaven. This is uh, God's home where he lives, where he sits on the throne and Jesus sits at his right hand, where uh, Revelation chapter 5 tells us the myriads of angels, uh, they sing to him. And so I want to look at these passages together as we walk through this and, and we'll start in Revelation uh, chapter 21. And uh, Revelation 21 uh, describes uh, the new heaven and the new earth. And it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. There's no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, uh, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for the husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, along with him is uh, the tabernacle. And so uh, listen to what he continues to say. He says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. He will dwell among them. They shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning, mourning or crying or pain, for the first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne, behold, I am making all things new. Right for these words are faithful and true. He says he is uh, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the uh, beginning and the end and i will give to the one who thirsts from the spring the water of life without cost he who overcomes will inherit these things and i will be his god and he will uh, be my son uh, then he says but the for the cowardly and the unbelieving the abominable the murderers the immoral persons the sorcerers idolaters and liars their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So listen to the description of heaven. It's a new place. It's a holy city. It's a place without crying. It's a place without mourning. It's a place without death. Uh, there's no pain there. All of the first things have passed away. Aren't you excited to to get to this place and, and be a part of this uh, sitting in the presence of Jesus. And listen to what happens in Revelation chapter 5 with uh, verses 11 and 12 with the angels, the myriads of angels, what they are saying. I looked and I heard the voice of the many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads and myriads and thousands and thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And all four living creatures kept saying, Amen, and the elders found fell down and worshipped. Can you just picture this in your mind? What it is going to be like in heaven. What it is going to be like not living in fear. What it's like to be living in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who by His blood we have the ability to enter into the kingdom of God. 
I mean, this is what we want to live for. Uh, in Second Peter, Second Peter chapter three, when Peter is writing to um, the people, he's this is his second letter to um, the people of Israel and the, he and to the people, and he's telling the believers what he in edit. In 2 Peter, in chapter 3, what he's writing to, he's writing to the believers who are scattered all over. And he he's most likely going to die after the writing of this letter. And what he's doing is he's telling them that uh, verse, chapter 3, verse 1, in verse 2, he says, I want to stir up by sincere mind by a way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets, the commandment of the Lord uh, and the commandment of the Lord, your Savior, spoken by your apostles. Uh, The author of Hebrews, pay close attention to Jesus. Uh, God spoke through the prophets. God spoke through the angels. Now he's speaking through Jesus, so pay close attention. And so what Peter's saying is, listen, these are the last words that I'm going to write to you, and you need to remember. Remember everything that was spoken by the prophets that God sent, by the commandments that Jesus gave us, and the teachings that were passed from Jesus to the apostles and the apostles to you. And he wants to remind them that, listen, that the last days we are living in them now and that there is a day coming where judgment will come for sinners that there will be a day where we all answer before God but what he's talking about in chapter 3 is he's talking about the day of the Lord in verse 3 he says no first of all that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking following after their own lusts saying where is the promise of his coming And saying, where's the promise? Forever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it is written from the beginning of creation. Uh, In the last days, mockers will come and they will say, where is this day of the Lord that he promised? Uh, I think about Revelation quite a bit. And what I think about in Revelation is I think about some of the final words that Jesus said. He said, behold, I am coming soon. Now, Uh, This is 2020, and we have to think about to ourselves, what exactly did he mean when he said coming soon? Uh, Right now, it doesn't, it looks like, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, that there are signs that could point to, yes, we are closer to the return of Jesus Christ than we were years ago. But when I look at some of the New Testament letters that we study through as we teach workshops and we go through, I'm looking and saying, you know what? There are things that are going on in the New Testament letters that Paul is writing about that are exactly the same as we are today, and yet they were no closer to the return of Jesus Christ than we are at this point. My prayer is that Jesus Christ will return. This world is suffering. This world is in uh, drastic moral decay. This world needs Jesus more than ever. And so my prayer is that we will be diligent in getting the gospel out to as many people as we possibly can. That we will be engaging people in relationship with God's word through precept inductive Bible study. 
so that people will be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. So I'm torn. I really want Jesus to return, but I also know that many within the world and within the church are not ready for Christ's return. And so we have to be diligent to get the word of God into the people's hands, that they would study diligently and be ready for this day. Mockers will come and they'll say, when is it coming? God is not true to his promises. He said he was coming, but I don't see it happening. Verse 5 of 2 Peter chapter 3, For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed by wa- out of water and by water. Though with the world at that time was destroyed being flooded with water, but by his word the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved. With the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. Now we get a real truth bomb from Peter. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any of you to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So this is what we all desire. Uh, The Lord is going to keep his promise. We saw that what the promise was made at the uh, Mount Sinai with the people of Israel, the people of Israel broke their promise. God kept his promise. You should really join us for the Old Testament History and Prophecy Workshop because we walk through some of the Old Testament prophecies, but also the history in where we see God bringing judgment upon his people for breaking covenant. Uh, We also see prophecy fulfilled where God promises to take care of the enemies of Israel. So we know that God is true to his word. We know that God fulfills his prophecies because he did so when he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, when he shares the gospel, he says, according to the scriptures, Christ died, Christ suffered, Christ was buried, Christ rose from the dead. All according to the scriptures, prophecy fulfilled, God keeps his promises. Verse 9 says he's not slow about his promise. Look, he's going to keep his promise. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, the day of the Lord will come. Like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat? But according to his promise, we are looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless, 
blameless, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just also our brother Paul, according to his wisdom given, he wrote to you in all his letters speaking of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on guard so that you're not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall away from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our steadfast, uh, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory and honor. So before we go back to Hebrews, there's a couple things that come from this Peter passage that are going to directly connect us to the end of Hebrews chapter 12. First, uh, the sort of people we ought to be. We ought to be people living in holy conduct and godliness. We need to be people who are diligent to be found by him in peace. That we need to be people found spotless and blameless. Uh, that we need to be covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. That we have been, that we have repented of our sin. That we have um, come to the point where Jesus is Lord over our lives, that we are diligently pursuing Jesus each and every day, growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The word knowledge in Second Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 18, the Greek word epinosis, which means it's a fuller knowledge of God that forms and shapes the way we live. That means we have a better understanding of who God is, what's in his word, what his commandments are for us, and that that knowledge forms and shapes the way we live. Uh, we'll come back to Coloss uh, to Second Peter in a minute, but I want to take you to Colossians because it's the same word. He says in chapter 1, verse 9, For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the epinosis, fuller knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10 is the kicker. It's the starts with so that Colossians 1 verse 10. So that that's a term of conclusion. Uh, you have this knowledge, this uh, fuller knowledge that forms and shapes the way you live. You have this under this wisdom and understanding of God's truth so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the epinosis knowledge of God. Do you see that? That this greater knowledge that we have, the more we understand the more we take in of God's word, the more that it forms and shapes our lives, we'll be able to walk worthy of the manner of the Lord. We will walk in a path that is worthy of Jesus Christ. He says that the day is coming when all these things will be destroyed. Uh, Fire in the Old Testament, if you study through the book of Amos, you will continually see through Amos that fire is directly related to God's judgment. 
here in Second Peter chapter 3, he's indicating again, fire will come, destruction will come, elements will melt with intense heat. What's our job as believers in Jesus Christ? We are to remember the promises of God that he is coming to set up a new kingdom, a new heaven and a new earth where only righteousness dwells. Therefore, it's our job to make sure that we are assured of our salvation and that we are living a life that brings honor and glory to God. That coming from 2 Peter. That brings us back to Hebrews chapter 12. We've come to Mount Zion. You believers who have heard and been confident in your salvation, you have paid you that have paid close attention to the words of Jesus, you that have not drifted away, you you that have endured, you that are in the family of God, you have come to Mount Zion a place where angels and myriads and myriads, they sing praises. This is all a comparison of the old covenant to the new covenant. Uh, when you are assured of your salvation, you are no longer living in fear, but you are washed by the blood of Christ, knowing that your sins are as far as the east is to the west, that when God looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ sprinkled all over you. It's so encouraging to know that Jesus sits at the right hand of God and he mediates on our behalf and he says, Father, that one is mine. Oh, the peace that comes with knowing that we have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, that our sins have been forgiven, that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. We live our lives completely different because we have that peace. And so the author of Hebrews in verse 25 says, See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. Uh, that's a command we've seen before. Don't refuse Jesus. If you refuse Jesus, I'm telling you, that what we saw in 1 Peter, that we've seen throughout Scripture, that we will face judgment. We will have to answer for our actions. And if we refuse Jesus, the outcome is not good. The outcome for us in refusing Jesus is a very difficult one. It is judgment, and ultimately, our destination is the eternal lake of fire. For those who accept Jesus and live a life worthy of the calling of Jesus, that we walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, we have waiting for us the new heavens and the new earth. Verse 26, it says, And his voice shook the earth. Then, But now he has a promise saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but I'll also shake the heavens. Uh, we just saw this in Second Peter chapter 3, that there is a judgment coming when God will shake the earth and all will answer for their lives and how they've lived them here on earth. We will have to answer for refusing Jesus and we will have to answer 
uh, to his face. Isaiah chapter 66, and he says in verse 22, For just as the new heavens and the new earth, uh, which I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so your offspring and your name will endure. And it shall be from new moon to new moon and from Sabbath to Sabbath. And all mankind will come to bow before you, uh, before me, says the Lord. Uh, Just take a note here. Okay, just as the new heavens and the new earth, that's what we're talking about. Uh, I will endure, which I will make endure before me. Okay, they will last forever. Uh, Your offspring and your name will endure. He's talking to Israel here. It shall be from new moon to new moon and from Sabbath. But now verse 23, all mankind will come to bow down before me. Uh, They will go forth and look on the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me. For their worm will not die and their fire will not be quenched. And they will be an abhorrence to all mankind. So what is Isaiah telling us? First, every knee will bow at Jesus. Every person will answer for their lives. Those who transgress will be judged. They will be sent to the eternal lake of fire. Where their worm will not die and the fire, judgment, will not be quenched. They will be in abhorrence to all mankind. People will look down on those individuals and they will be made sick for the decision that they made to refuse Jesus Christ. Can you see the seriousness of what the author of Hebrews is calling us to? He's calling us to pay close attention to Jesus. He's calling us to be assured that we enter into the rest of the Lord. He's calling us to make sure that we are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. A day of judgment is coming. A day when the earth will be shaken again. It says in verse 28, Therefore, Isaiah, or Hebrews chapter 12, 28 says, Therefore, since we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. What he says here is the comparison between the old covenant and the new covenant. Under the old covenant, you lived in fear. You lived by a list of things you needed to accomplish to be righteous before God. In the new covenant, you have Jesus, who made us righteous through the blood of That was sacrificed on the cross. In the new covenant, he is the mediator. By his blood, we are saved. We're called to not make sure that we don't refuse this new covenant. Peter tells us that we need to be assured of our salvation. He tells us to be ready for the day of judgment, this day in which the earth will be shaken again. And if we are ones that are in the new covenant, 
if we are ones that are living a life that brings honor and glory to God, because we've received this kingdom that cannot be shaken, show gratitude, sing praises to the Lord, act in a way, serve in a way that shows reverence and awe of Jesus Christ. This is an opportunity for us to really look and evaluate how we live. Are we ones who live in the gratitude and the knowledge and the understanding that we have received this kingdom and we will receive it when it does come? That day when the Lord returns with judgment and fire, that we will be spared of that because we have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, there were many in the, in the time of the writing of Hebrews that were hearing all of this false teaching and all of these things that were going on that they were losing their confidence. Well, how different is it us for us in this world today that all of the things that we are hearing, all of the things that are coming in throughout the world, that it's possible that we too could even lose the confidence that we have. That's why we need to keep going back to the word of God continuing to grow in that epinosis knowledge, that fuller knowledge and of understanding of God, that God keeps his promises. Uh, this has been a very interesting week for me in, uh, in the sense that, you know, we've in my family and in my life, I just came back from British Columbia last week, and on Tuesday my father entered into the hospital with a heart attack. Uh, my dad's had some health struggles for a number of years, and he just finished radiation treatment for cancer um, at the end of January. And so with the number of health struggles that we've that he's gone through, he's now had this heart attack, and he's been diagnosed with congestive heart failure, and there is some uncertainty uncertainties in what's going to happen over uh, the next coming weeks. I've spent the majority of the week uh, preparing for this podcast and in between trips to the hospital. But what is it like is here's my dad sitting and laying in the emergency room and he says to my mother, I'm tired. You know, I'm just tired of all these health issues. I am ready to go to heaven. Wow. Peace, understanding, knowledge of salvation, confirmation of being in the new covenant. I know the promises that God has for me, the promises that God has of eternal life for those that have been saved. Here my father sits with all this uncertainty in the world, with all of these uncertainties in his house, but the one thing he knows is this. He knows where he's going. That's the challenge that we have as believers. That we be confident that we do not drift away from the promises of God. That we be assured of the entrance into the kingdom of God. So this week I ask you that you would go and evaluate your heart that you would be confident in the knowledge that you will enter into the presence of Jesus. That and one more thing. You see, now that you have all of this truth, what are you going to do with it? Are you just going to hang on to it for yourself? Or are you going to take these truths 
to those who need it most. You see, I have family members in my life that do not know Jesus Christ, that at this point in their life outright reject Jesus. And you see, it's my responsibility to share these truths with them, especially in these difficult times of uncertainties of health. I remember doing my aunt's funeral in August and simply laying out this truth. One, my aunt was saved. She knew Jesus. She's now in his presence. Two, she loved her family and her desire would be that she would spend eternity with her family. But three, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. You need Jesus Christ before you can enter into this kingdom. And so our goal and our responsibility, just as Jesus told the disciples in the book of Acts and in the end of uh, Matthew chapter 28, go and make disciples. Be witnesses of what you have seen. Be witnesses to the gospel. Share it through all the world so that many will come to repentance. The Lord is not slow about his promise. His promises will come true. The new kingdom will come. But as we wait, be thankful that it hasn't come yet because this is opportunity for us to share the truth and see many more people come to a saving grace of Jesus Christ. Our job is to plunder hell and populate heaven. I pray that you would go out this week with these truths and share them with as many people as you possibly can. Be prepared to share your testimony with those who are ready to hear it. Father, we do thank you for the time that you have given us to study through the book of Hebrews. We pray that this message today, that it would uh, ring home to those who are listening. Father, I pray diligently for opportunities to share the gospel. I pray diligently for opportunities to see people uh, enter into your presence. Father, use me and use those listening in this podcast to further your kingdom, to plunder hell and populate heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.